welcome everyone to another episode of TG Talk. I'm your co-host, Cody Del Mendo. I am the coordinator of communications here at the Fraternity Service Center. Joined today by my new co-host, Gage Wolf, who we will get into here in a little bit, and our guest for today's show, manager of chapter development, Seth Crawford. God, that was a really good introduction by myself, I must say. Um, <laughs> ten points to Gryffindor. Yeah, ten <laughs> points to Gryffindor, yes. Um, the, today's episode is all about coming back to to campus after the pandemic. Um, disclaimer, I, we do know that there are some uh, chapters that might still be virtual based on wherever you're at around the country, but we do know majority of our chapters are going back to, you know, normalcy, I guess. Yep. Um, we're going to talk all about it. Um, but before we before we do that, I do just want to emphasize no one answer the trivia question or no one answered the trivia question correctly over the last two months. In the last two episodes, no one answered it correctly. That or we had people who already answered it, and I'm not giving them free, more free stuff. So we need new people. So um, I'm doubling down, doubling down. All you got to do is go find the trivia question from the last episode on YouTube. We're going to put it up on the screen right around here between me and Seth and Gage. I'm going to put it up on the screen. Uh, it'll be in the podcast description on wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, uh, wherever. It will be in the podcast description if you're listening to it via audio. And uh, again, you'll just have to answer it to us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can also email us at uh, communications at SAE.net. Um, so yeah, I'm going to reiterate it at the end of the show, but <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Doubling down, we will send you extra swag if you answer the trivia question and get it correct. And I'm telling you, we have a ton of stuff from convention left over from the National Convention back in July. So I'm really excited to get rid of it, guys. So learn how to use Google. <laughs> Essentially, yes, yes. So um, with that said, uh, let's start the show. Um, see to Sigma Alpha Epsilon. Seth, again, for joining us. Gage, like I said, we're going to introduce him. He's a new co-host. Jeremy, is he is a member of Chapter Development, and he's going to be very busy this fall, traveling to different chapters and stuff. Seth has him very busy, I'm sure. Yep. So Gage, he is the manager of expansion. He uh, is willing to you know step in and take some of the stress off me. Thank you. Uh, how's it going, man? Inter tell the people who you are and, uh, and all that good stuff. Yeah. Cody, uh, thanks first and foremost for asking me to co-host the podcast. This uh, will add on to my title that I'm about to give. Um, normally, I have my squire following me around to give an introduction, but I guess I will do it myself. So further ado, uh, my name is Gage of House Wolt, uh, Rain from North Dakota, first of his name co-host of the True Gentleman podcast. That is the, the title I, I get to add on now. 
Uh, big, big Game of Thrones kick right now, so that's where I get all the, these titles. Um, my role on staff currently, my formal title is manager of expansion. I'm not big in it much into titles. I prefer cashier fry cook. It's more a, a humbling, uh, humbling uh, title to give myself. But uh, essentially, my role is to create, uh, go to different fraternities, create a group of individuals to form a new fraternity experience at their school. This is finding guys that have diversified skill sets, uh, matching their likes, their dislikes, uh, their passions, interests, what they want to do with their lives, putting them in a room and saying, hey, obviously whatever is working at the school, we, we need something different here. And uh, you guys are the gentlemen to create it. So it's a very rewarding uh, job. I look at it as more of a startup operation, even on a business sense with the fraternity, it's all value-based leadership opportunities. You're not trying to turn a profit. Um, you're just trying to hold each other to a high standard, make each other better. So really enjoy that. Uh, excited. I, I am an ND Beta alum. I wanted to get that in there, too, for my ND Beta boys. Um, excited to be on the podcast, and we got some good t content for you guys today. So, Cody, I'll turn it back over to you. Thanks, Gage. It was very descriptive, and uh, you went full all in. I like it. We're all in here at TG Talk. We were not half not half glass. We were all in. So, um, <laughs> Seth, welcome to the show, man. Thanks. Um, glad to be here. Glad, <laughs> glad that you are here, man. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do here at the Fraternity Services. Sure. Uh, so I am a brother from Texas Epsilon University of Houston. I served four years in the chapter, um, graduated, I've been on staff now for about a year and a half. Um, I currently serve as the manager of chapter development, so I oversee a team of 10 uh, chapter development team members, just like you mentioned earlier. Um, Jeremy being one of them, and uh, they oversee all 220 groups that we have across the realm. Um, we specialize in chapter operations. You know, if something's not quite working right with your chapter and you need assistance putting together a scholarship plan, we'll help you build a scholarship plan. If you want to do uh, improve alumni engagement or you want to talk about accountability or how to move your chapter closer towards winning zeal next year, like that's that's what we're here for. That's what my department does, um, and I love it. So. Uh, a little bit about me. Uh, back to you. All right. Modest man, too. He is uh, getting married here in about... Uh, He's getting married here at the Levere Memorial. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. This is big stuff. Big she, stuff. She was not a fan when I told her I wanted to get married in my fraternity's headquarters. And then <laughs> I brought her on a tour of the place. And for those of you who have not, who have not been, the Tiffany stained glass windows... She was like, sold. We'll get married here. And I was like, all right. So, uh, yeah, very fortunate, very blessed to have her in my life. Um, and uh, looking forward to that. Awesome. Well, with that said, fellas, um, we were talking three, three goals with a bunch of bullet points on those goals. So don't get confused when we mention a bunch of stuff. But there are three main goals today for uh, undergrads going back to campus after the pandemic. And the first one being making the most out of your SAE experience and college experience after the pandemic. That's one. The second one is goal setting for the semester for your chapter. And then the third one is reviving positive chapter traditions. So we're going to start with the first one, which is, like I said, making the most out of SAE and your college experience after COVID. So um, we have a bunch of 
small bullet points with this. And I think we'll start with like, just not taking anything for granted. Um, you know, us three, we never got to experience the pandemic in college. And I must say, I'm very glad that I didn't. Um, <laughs> and I, 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 I'm, honestly, I feel really bad for a lot of, especially like seniors from last year, who had yeah. to go through their senior year of college virtually, you know, with their last year of SAE, which, which just, honestly, it really just makes me sad. But, you know, for people who came in as freshmen last year, they don't really know what campus life or campus life is like. Um, and I think that's a good place to start with just, you know, doing everything you can to maximize your college experience. Yeah, I, as cliche as it sounds, like you get out of it what you put into it. Right. Um, you know, if you are just kind of a, a t-shirt member and you go to chapter meetings, you might get friends, you might get brotherhood out of it, right? But if you really buy into the mission of SAE, you're going to have, you know, a whole new world opened up to you. And it's, you know, some of the stories that I hear throughout the realm from the guys I work with, it's it's like wow like that's some good stuff like send a send an email to Cody here he'd love to write about you on the record so um, it's uh, lots of great stuff coming out of um, of the realm as far as like you know getting the most out of it yeah Gage you got any points uh, yeah I think what we mentioned a little bit yesterday is um, well a couple things the pandemic gave us all time to reflect on our lives and find out what's important to us. Uh, family, friends, uh, fraternity, um, and then what more or less you want out of your college experience or what uh, you want out of your life. This opportunity coming up within the school year is completely, uh, you have your own blank canvas and you get to pick your paint, you get to pick your paintbrush, uh, you can do whatever you want and really be creative about it. I emphasize this a lot because not only are the college students all starting over, everybody in the world is starting over right now. There's, uh, there's no precedent for right now and what you can and cannot do. So get out there, um, find your passions, your interests, and take some action. The biggest part is taking action, those, the smallest things, uh, to really set your course in where you want to go with your life. Yeah, no, I, I think some, you know, good examples of all of this is, you know, creating new friendships or building on friendships or relationships that you already have. Uh, maybe brothers that you, you know, like your, your the brothers you made when you, when you rushed last year all virtually. Who knows if you've even met them in person yet. Uh, I would assume you probably have at this point, but, you know, Getting to, to know them throughout a full semester and, you know, I guess just building on it, I guess, like I kind of said, <laughs> is, a, is a good way. Um, you know, I think making new uh, networking, I guess, throughout, you know, just campus life too uh, with other organizations is one. And we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a little bit. But I think just, just getting back to normalcy is something that yeah. so many people have waited for. And... Uh, yeah, just like don't take it for granted. I, I I never thought I would take for granted like going to a restaurant. Yeah. I totally did. Whenever I could go back to a restaurant, like it was it was awesome. Like, yeah. I don't care how weird it was at first, but like it was just <laughs> great to be able to go somewhere. You know? So I feel like that's similar with this situation too. Yeah, you you mentioned uh, recruitment classes that hadn't 
been able to meet in person yet. You know, over the pandemic, the Fraternity Service Center here in Evanston, we've made a lot of great hires. And convention back in July was the first time that we actually got to meet face to face or like, you know, give each other the grip and hang out and stuff. And it was, um, it's weird to think like people you've worked with for near a year and never having been in person with. So, yeah. um, you know. Specifically members from your team. Yeah. Because <laughs> a yeah. lot of them are remote. Yeah. So, you know, getting to know some of them at convention was really fun. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like here at the Fraternity Service Center, it's kind of like our own chapter. We yep. all, like, I feel like we're all kind of our own little family. Yep. So it's, <laughs> it was nice to be able to like, even though it was such a hectic week, just trying to make sure everything was going smoothly at convention, it was also good to, once the day was over, to be able to hang out and, you know, talk and, and all that good stuff. So I think that goes a long way to yeah, big uh, big running joke that everybody had is in the old days, you call somebody and you transfer calls for six months a year, and then you meet them in person, and it's like, oh, it's nice to put a face to uh, uh, the uh, voice, and now over Zoom, it's nice to put a body to a face. Yep. Uh, specifically, you don't know, you look at some people like, there's no way in heck that I thought you were that tall. <laughs> or, Kevin. yeah. Shout or, out Kevin Gabb. No, everyone's like, did Kevin grow? And I'm like, he's a grown man. He doesn't grow more. You know? <laughs> um, but I had a question for Seth. Uh, we were talking about this earlier. And you said that some guys within their group that they joined the fraternity created a very unique and strong bond, having not even met each other, um, because it was really a time where everybody was searching for belonging, everybody was searching for a sense of community, and everybody turned online to do that. So I'm curious why you thought those guys uh, if there's any specific stories you can think of or why you thought those guys formed the tight-knit group that they did and how they went about doing that. Yeah, um, you know, I so prior to holding the manager position, I was the coordinator of chapter development in the South uh, District, so Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, Tennessee, like that, that whole swath of, of the realm. And, um, you know, being outside and enjoying nature is a big part of Southern culture. It just, it just is. And, um, you know, brothers who had to, you know, who were from out of state or out of region, you know, like they're from New York and now they're living in Mississippi or, or whatever. Um, they had, you know, never held a rifle, never held a fishing pole and brothers from their chapter are like, Hey, like, you know, it's a small group, you know, two of us, three of us, or, you know, you, me and my dad were going out hunting and like, they got to develop those one-on-one -on -one connections uh, in areas and hobbies that maybe they never experienced before. Um, we had brothers that did uh, camping trips. You know, you can socially distance, you can spread out on the mountain, you can, uh, you know, uh, float down a river if you want. Like, there's lots of great outdoor things, but they said that it was the, you know, you have Zoom and all of the technology on one side, but then no technology and just being able to be you know, hanging out with your brothers in nature was such a, a benefit to a lot of relationships with them. And I think you pointed out the biggest factor here is saying one-on-one -on -one relationships, yep. uh, whether having a 10 to 15 minute conversation one-on-one -on -one with somebody 
you know them a heck of a lot better than probably 90 percent of the world i mean yeah. you just uh, there's only so many people that take the time to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation mm -hmm. um so that's something when you're getting out there back on campus uh, we need to find time, whether you go to the cafeteria or whether you go to uh, study with someone. It's nice to be in a group, yes, but take the time to invite somebody, anybody, to do a one-on-one -on -one session and get to truly know uh, who they are and what they're about. Yep. Yeah. Um, I know, Seth, you have like an interesting story about how you joined SAE, and it kind of goes with uh, one of our points of just getting involved with as many student organizations on campus. Uh, in this case, this is Seth's story on joining the fraternity, but there's so many other organizations on campus you can get involved with um, that honestly just kind of maximizes your experience as well. Yeah, uh, so I, I was a transfer student over to University of Houston, and so I did uh, the transfer orientation program throughout the summer. Um, I was on the athletics team, uh, Spirit of Houston. I was the mascot for U of H. So we had practice and trainings for the whole uh, semester and year beforehand before I like was actually a student there. And uh, you know, so a lot of fraternities had approached me, oh, hey, like come join this one. Hey, come join that one. Oh, you look like a fraternity guy, come join us. Like whatever, whatever, right? And I, I never really wanted that uh, stigma attached to me of all well, you know like it, you guys have a, a reputation that precedes you and so I didn't see myself joining an organization right and so finally you know semester that I'm taking classes there at U of H and um, I'm waiting outside of class first day of class with my friend I didn't have that class but I was just there getting coffee and a guy on the park, or not park bench, but the uh, hallway bench, I guess, beside us was like, hey, like, do you know if we have a quiz on Thursday? Like, I know he said he was going to start them like really soon into the semester. And she was like, I don't think so, but I'm not sure. He's like, oh, I've got to get uh, some Scantrons from the bookstore before Thursday, but like, you know, busy week. And I was like, man, I don't have anything going on. I'm going to pick her up after the end of this class. Like, I'll just walk over to the bookstore and I'll get you a Scantron. He's like, oh, you do that? I was like, it's a Scantron. Like, no big deal. So, um, Go to the bookstore, get him the Scantron, you know, give it to him. He's like, how much do I owe you? It's like a dollar. Like, don't worry about it. You know, just pass it on the, the good act of kindness. So um, later in my day, this is now the third class in my day, and I walk into this giant, like, 400-person amphitheater, and I hear, Crawford, Crawford, you know, shouting out my last name. I'm like, okay, I don't know anyone on campus that would be in this class. Like, who is shouting out my name, right? And sure enough, there's the guy I got in the Scantron for. And this guy is a big, like, linebacker built dude. And he's like waving at me, standing up, like shouting my name. And I was like, oh, goodness. And uh, he's, you know, telling the, the, the road to move down. And so I wait up. I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry, you know, stepping on people in book bags and whatnot. But we sat there and, you know, just kind of, Returning the favor and looking out for me was pretty cool. So over the course of the semester, we got to know each other, and I got to know his friends. And I was like, wow, you've got a really cool friend group. Like, how long have you known each other? And he's like, oh, you know, a couple weeks for that guy, semester for that guy, two semesters for that guy. I was like, oh, okay, like, how did you guys meet? Oh, well, we're all in a fraternity, right? And he hadn't even mentioned fraternity until probably, like, four or five times of, like, hanging out with him. And so, you know, eventually it piqued my interest. And I was introduced to the true gentleman and the motto and, and the creed and whatnot. And I was like, oh wow, okay. So I feel like I fit with this uh, group of people. 
and they share my values, unlike other organizations that had approached me that was just like, join us, join us, join us. Um, I wanted to join the people of the organization instead of just joining the letters of an organization. So, um, you know, I joined, never looked back. Now I work for the Fraternity Service Center, and you know, it's I'm proud to wear my letters. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. And uh, it, I, I think it really goes to show, like, we're, we're on a recruiting aspect at least. Like, it's the way they kind of went about it. You know, maybe he had this in the back of his head, but he wasn't <laughs> just going to, you know, jump you right away. Right. You know? Maybe, maybe. Uh, Drake Peckis, I'll, I'll shout you out. Yeah. Uh, two things I think about when you tell that story, Seth, is one, you went out of your way to help somebody else provide value to them. You made a friend out of it, for one, uh, that you found in class, which as I think is phenomenal. Uh, any undergrad out there, that's if you truly want to be friends with somebody else, provide some value for them. Provide uh, assistance on, on some way. Uh, but two, the authentic way that he talked about the fraternity, like he made you feel uh, wanted in class, sit next to me um, because we, we shared this connection with the Scantron and whatnot, but sit next to me, meet my people, and then just see how you fit in from there. And you ended up really enjoying the guys and yeah. joining the group. So two things we can take from that experience that I think all of our undergrads should implement this semester. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> you, never, you never know where you're going to meet your next next recruit. Yeah. Well, it, so it's even an organizational requirement that you know our members hold membership in another organization, and it's beyond you know just like you know spreading the reach of SAE. It's it's for recruitment purposes. It's for you know bringing value to your own lives through the engagement in other communities and stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're only in one organization, I'm glad that you're in SAE, but go find another one too, right? Bring more people in through it. So, any any more thoughts on on this point of just you know, like I said, no, not taking anything for granted in the college experience. Um, no, I mean, I think uh, recruitment ties into our second goal here. Are we going uh, chapter operations in the second yeah, uh, we can, point we here? Can move on. Yeah. So, Gage, yeah, that's a really great uh, transition. Uh, so the next point is goal setting for the semester. Um, let's start with recruitment because he kind of, Gage kind of mentioned it, like I said. Um, I, I'm just going to kind of let you take it over. You're you're the guy. Uh, the yeah. recruitment you, guru. The guru. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, we'll, we'll see where my talking gets me here. <laughs> uh, so one thing I want to point out is I think – a lot of people overthink fraternity recruitment uh, way too much, and recruitment in any organization. Um, it goes back to Dale, Carnegie, Dale Carnegie's lessons on meeting new people and creating good first impressions. If you want somebody to join your organization or take interest in your organization, first you have to take interest in them and their journey. And I think this is extremely important when we get back on campus for gentlemen within the fraternity to be open, uh, to be honest, to be uh, out there on campus just meeting new people. Regardless if they ever join the fraternity, you should be out there asking people about themselves, taking an interest in their hobbies, in their uh, passions, where they want to go with their lives after college. And uh, 
again, this goes back to the Seth story, is providing some sort of value for these guys in their experience. So whether that be the freshmen coming on, giving them campus tours, or connecting them with the right uh, classes that they need to take, giving different pr professors a perspective on different professors, uh, or showing them where the bookstore is and helping them get their books. We need to think of providing value to others, getting to learn about them, and then talking about the fraternity later. We, we did an event, it was called uh, Cougar Movers, and so we would help the freshmen move into their dorms. And uh, you had to wear like a U of H shirt, but you could wear like an SAE glasses or a hat or something like that. And we took those opportunities just to get to know the people as opposed to, have you heard about SAE? Like, can I interest you in a fraternity, right? But yeah, like get to know the person first, provide value. Uh, yeah, definitely. And um, so it also goes back to the types of questions that you're asking the individuals. When you're taking interest in somebody, it is asking very thoughtful questions specifically. It's not, oh, where did you go to high school? What's your sports? Blah, blah, blah. It is, okay, what's, what drives you? I mean, what have you experienced in your life? What have you overcome challenges and specifically you can talk about challenges in the pandemic or challenges um, that they face in their childhood and uh, then find out what they want to do with their life after college too yep. and um, connect them some way whether that be through the fraternity or whether that be through a different organization on school that can help them achieve their goals so we need to start asking quality questions to these individuals that actually show, hey, we are interested in you and your per personal and professional growth on this campus. Yeah, very good points. Uh, you know, as far as recruitment for me, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm a very easy person to, to, to interact with. So it, it's as easy as whether you're meeting them in class or you're meeting them you know, at the gym or whatever. And all it takes is, and I say this cause I'm the comms guy, but you follow them on social media, just be their friend, start sending them memes. I love it when my friends send me memes and things blossom, man. And that, I think that's the difference coming back to school now cause you can meet that person, see them in person, but then still like, you know, connect with them online and like, let them know like, Hey, I enjoy getting to know you when we first met. Let's be friends, you know what I mean? Like as weird as that might sound coming out of my mouth right now, but I think everyone listening gets the gist of what I'm saying. So uh, I think that's a, like a, for me, it's a really easy way to just to, you know, to, to recruit that way is just. Free food never hurts. Free food doesn't hurt either. That's how I say you got me. And the <laughs> fact that two of my friends are already in the fraternity of my chapter, but. Yeah, they just drug me out there to a recruitment event. Like Seth, I wasn't really, I never thought I'd go Greek um, because I just, you know, the stereotypes and stuff like that. And, you know, there's a, I, what, what I've grown to learn since working here at the Fraternity Service Center is a lot of people have joined SAE and a lot of them, the first thing they'll say is never thought that they would join fraternity. Yeah. So. It's crazy how that happens. Yeah. Uh, Cody, I love that you talk about that because I was just going to say we got three no's right here where the mm -hmm. first time you were ever asked or thought about it, it was like, no, not for me, no way. 
And I think what we learned this past year is there's three different tiers of people that join fraternities. Mm -hmm. There's the always joiners, the sometimes maybe joiners, and the never joiners. Yep. And when I talk to individuals uh, and do recruitment coaching, our focus is finding the guys that say no first mm -hmm. and making them feel a part of the brotherhood and showing them the value of the fraternity because uh, more often than not, they are the ones that contribute the most. They're the ones that, um, I, wow, I, you completely changed my mind and I wanna give back to this organization. The, I don't wanna say bad and this might not be for all of the always joiners, but the always joiners tend to have more of an image of what fraternity is without meeting anybody based on social media or based on uh, historical movies or anything like that. So yeah, I would suggest our guys out there, uh, the, if a guy says no to you when you talk about the fraternity, you should be beaming from ear to ear and realize, hey, this is, this is the type of individual that could be a major asset to our organization. Right. And, and like we all said, like we said, we probably wouldn't just based off stereotypes and, and all that stuff. So, and, and maybe that's something, you know, guys who joined last year and like haven't experienced campus life, like maybe that's something they're expecting, but I hope they're not expecting. Uh, but I think that's a good place to to go to is to in terms of finding people because the ones who just never really put too much thought into it are actually you know I don't want to say easier but they're the ones that you can really open their eyes to so. I would also say too I mean for chapters that you know you kind of find your own place on campus right well that slate is clear so if you yeah. want to be the smart fraternity if that's what you want to be known for if that's how you want to carve out your reputation on campus Make that your goal, right? Like if you want to be the fraternity that's always in the gym and the rec center is like your territory, that that make it, right? Like you have the opportunity to basically like set the expectations for your chapter culture that you want because everyone is on even even playing fields because everyone's returning. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think the next point of the goal setting uh, was socially expanding across the community. Um, I think a good point to that is getting involved with organizations on campus, but also Greek organizations that maybe you didn't have a relationship beforehand. And I would say uh, if, if, you, if your chapter was involved with a lot of sororities uh, that are part of Panhellenic, but not the multicultural ones that are out there as much, that's a place that you can really set the bar at for your chapter moving forward, as well as other like organizations on campus, not just Greek. Doctors Without Borders, the chess club, uh, yeah. sports teams, um, like you name it, like the sky's your limit. And I, I think back to one of SAE's pillars of friendship, and you know we've already kind of touched on friendship in this podcast already, um, but being a friend does not have to result in a bid extension and then becoming a brother, right? Like you can be a friend to your community, you can be a friend to your university, you can be a friend to, um, you know, a student who doesn't have friends in, you know, that uh, that city or, or at that institution. So 
I mean, I look at friendship of as like, how many people can I call my friend in the sense of like, you know, broadening my community. And I, I challenge you guys to do it too. Like it's, it's a pillar for a reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one thing I will say about friendship is you, everybody, we, we need, especially when our campus, call, uh, campus, you need to diversify your friendship uh, memberhood here. Mm -hmm. And it, we all love the fraternity, but having good, healthy friendships outside of the fraternity is very influential, uh, a good asset to yourself. And having friends that are of different ages too, yep. uh, which we'll get into the academic sense, but having friends that are uh, university officials or professors or um, uh, community service opportunities in their community, those nonprofit leaders, those are the types of people you need to build friendships with as well because this call, the college experience is meeting as many people as possible, trying as many new things, whether organizations, sports, whatever, as possible, and then seeing what sticks. Yep. So I think that's very uh, important. A lot of college kids get in the siloed mindset where they, they're not exposed to different types of thinking because they're not making friends they're making friends with the same people that everybody else is making friends with. And um, we, we, we got to expand our thinking out there and uh, make some relationships that aren't just Greek and aren't just on campus, too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I think the next point would be academically. Um, I see on our file here, it says, the time is now. Take action. What, what do we mean by that, guys? Uh, I, I always think, so I, I didn't struggle academically, but I definitely was nowhere near 4.0 and I wasn't, and I, I was never in danger of getting called up for some academic award. <laughs> uh, but uh, I remember how I pushed myself as an undergrad and how I do, it comes more naturally now, is simply raising your hand, the small act of raising your hand not more or less to ask, not more or less to answer a question, more or less to ask a question and engage in your classes. A lot of the times uh, when, when everybody was on Zoom, it was okay, the professor's there and we're here and it's hard to interact with everybody. So when we get in these settings where you actually have a, a professor that inspires you or a professor that you want to emulate, Engage with him in class or her in class. Raise your hand, ask a good, thoughtful question, and then um, network with the, your peers in, in the class too to get to form a, a friend group there. So <laughs> I, I laugh because uh, I had two really good friends in college that were uh, Kyle Mega sorority sisters, and uh, they would sit on either side of me in this one class, and I was always asking questions. And so the running joke was that I had a question quota, and once I reached it, someone else needed to ask it. <laughs> uh, but I mean, to Gage's point, by asking questions, you know, you're able to maybe ask a question someone else in the room wanted to know but didn't. Or, you know, maybe now uh, people in the classroom are, are identifying you as a, you know, classroom leader, right? And they're, you know, want to be on your team for a group project. We met, um, you know, future SAEs through class projects, right? And so it's like, 
being visible on campus, especially when you're in letters, of course that's the best time to do it, right? Uh, but being visible, you get the most out of your academic experience because they say, oh wow, that's a student that I can connect with and that's a student that wants to learn. Like I can teach for everyone, yes, but I know for sure I'm helping that individual. So it's, I, I thank all of my teachers. One comes to mind is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Haig. That was my national security professor. She was awesome. Um, uh, Professor Tinsley, she was crisis communications. Like, love those. Like, I I would wake up bright and early at 7 a.m. to commute to class just for their 8:30 classes because that's how good they were and that's how impactful they were. So, yeah, get get to know your professors. Never never a bad thing. Yeah, I, you make a good point about the professors. Like, some of them they're like life coaches, right? Like, yes. there's some I'm friends with on social media that I still talk to today. I think that's a big, a, a good way to really set yourself academically is building a relationship with the professor. Not all of them, believe me, not all of them, but the ones that really affect your life. So, yeah, and um, I think uh, taking advantage of their office hours. We talked about it earlier in the podcast of that one-on-one -on -one conversation. Go up, talk to him five, ten minutes. I guarantee you do that within the first week of class. They, a, they're going to remember who the heck you are, but B, you're going to feel like you're getting way more out of the class because you know the professor and because you're, you have a better relationship and feel comfortable asking those questions. Yeah. Yep. Um, one last point of this one is when's the best time to build an alumni network for mainly like our juniors and seniors, people who are getting into their major, people who are, I don't know how else to say it, like just getting ready to graduate. You can't, I'll, I'll take it. Um, so there are some chapters that do this very, very well. Uh, and it's a requirement for all members coming in that they get a LinkedIn account. Um, it helps uh, for you know professional development, professional networking, et cetera. Um, but it's also a chance to keep those names when they graduate, right? So now you have that network of technically their undergrads at the time, and then they graduate to alumni, and now you have that alumni network. So. You know, that's kind of what I tell my groups. It's the best time to build an engaged alumni network is when they're still juniors and seniors in your chapters, you know, mm -hmm. and to Gage's point, being able to sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone and get to know them, you know, before they graduate, that that can engage an alumni, right? And I'm sure you've got some, some stuff you want to chime in on too, but I'm excited, like get to know them. There's no reason not to. Yeah, I, I think when guys, uh, when we think of alumni engagement, oftentimes our chapters think of picking up the phone and saying, hey, how much can you donate to our cause? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and consider that alumni engagement. But uh, I think the beautiful thing about the fraternity, one, is we're multi-generational, yep. where you have guys from all walks of life, all different experiences, that you can connect with based on the shared medium of being in the fraternity. Yeah. And uh, we talked yesterday about having some of the alumni come in to share their professional experiences, to share their chapter experiences. That's an incredibly useful way for the alumni to engage because they, more important than money is time, and they would be more than willing to share their experiences and give that time if we just make the ask. Additionally, for all of our sophomores, uh, freshmen and sophomores there, we need to start looking ahead 
I know it's a while till you graduate, but start looking at the juniors and seniors in the fraternity to see, okay, who holds leadership positions and uh, what leadership position do I want to hold within the next couple of years here and, and uh, start having conversations with those guys. How did you get here? What are you doing right now? And uh, how do you think I should go about my life over the course of this next year or two to get to that point? Mm-hmm. This when I say we're multiple multi generational, it's the the consistent theme is giving back to each generation and looking out. That's the beautiful thing about the fraternity is it provides you those role models, those mentors. If you just ask, sometimes uh, to to go out and learn more about your degree, learn more about life, and uh, set you on a, a path for success after school. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred and ten percent. Yeah. I, I completely agree with everything, guys. Um, with that said, you guys ready to move on to the final final point? Let's do it. Okay, so all really good stuff so far, guys. Um, but let's move to the final final goal for not just the next semester, but I think just moving forward. And I think it's the biggest one. That's why we kind of saved it for last. But reviving uh, chapter traditions, whether it's a social event, philanthropy, community service, Literally, whatever it is. I don't know where you guys want to start specifically yet, but I think reviving old chapter traditions um, is a big thing because that's kind of what makes every chapter across the realm unique, right? Yeah. I I think, I mean, if you're cool with that, I want to dive into philanthropy and service. Um, We got four amazing service partners, uh, you know, and a service partner is basically a national organization that we're going to partner with for philanthropy and service is kind of the easy way to to sum it up. Um, We have Sleep in Heavenly Peace, which builds bunk beds for kids that don't have beds. We have Movember, which specializes in men's physical health and mental health. We have um, Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, and then which I mean, their reputation precedes them. So, you know, Um, and then we have uh, Be The Match, which is the national bone marrow bank of the United States, I think, or worldwide. I, I believe it's I know, worldwide, yeah. honestly. It, it, yeah. It's far-reaching. <laughs> um, and it is, um, it, you know, great, great partners. Um, and I think this gives chapters an opportunity to find an event that they did pre-pandemic and expand on it with the support and resources from our new service partners. Um, Be the match is, you know, they're willing to send people out to help you table and facilitate the event so you're not planning this giant philanthropy and service event by yourself, you know? Movember has some really great online resources that they can share directly with you um, that you can just kind of pick up and go. It's a, you know, push start, you know, turnkey sort of sort of start. And Sleep in Heavenly Peace, that was the, um, a service event we did at convention it was fun i mean we woke up at like 4 45 a.m or out there cutting you wood. said this was fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and everyone was grumbling at first you know like oh it's so early but they get there and they they hear the mission and they're able to to hear the the stats on how many kids don't have beds like that sadly was not something i'd ever heard about before you know and you're like i i never thought that some kid just has to sleep on like a pile of towels. Like mm-hmm. that's that's sad, you know? And so, you know, being able to build 
uh, a bed for them and give them something that's their own, you know, something that they hadn't had before. That was really powerful. And then, you know, being able to use your hands to, you know, haul one lumber and sand and cut and like, it was, it was a fantastic event. And by the end of it, no one cared that they had been up since 4 a.m. Like it was, it was a good event. Um, but my point is, Find one of our service partners, find a local partner, you know, what speaks to you, what speaks to your chapter and go for it. You know, it's again, clean slate, start something new, bring something good back. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Blank canvas, create what you, uh, what you envision here. So Seth's talking about philanthropy community service. I think another true component of tradition is brotherhood and brotherhood events. Yep. Uh, and if you don't have one in your chapter now, now's the time to take action and start one. I, I think back on uh, my undergrad years and we had a young man that put together a crawfish boil in North Dakota. Crawfish in North Dakota. It's a landlocked state. That's uh, <laughs> a little uh, different out yeah. there. Yeah, I can't say the crawfish was uh, fresh. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a backwoods crawfish, but... Uh, yeah, but it was a great opportunity to get all the brothers together and give everybody a signed role. And then uh, just it, it continued for multiple years. You're like, okay, this is the date, this is the weekend that's going to happen. And that's going back to planning the thing. Uh, I'm going to give I'm going to give uh, a Grant Maris tip for brotherhood events or recruitment events or community service events is. You can market as much as you want, put it out there, social media, yada, yada, yada. But again, it comes down to the personal ask, hey, we want you to be there. We want you to be at this brotherhood event. Even if you talk about it in chapter meeting 50 times, whoever's running the event, ask the other brothers, hey, we want you there. Uh, can you help out in this fashion? Same with community service, same with recruitment, same with any um, mixers or anything else that anybody does. So Yeah, I think... This kind of goes off of what Seth said about philanthropy and stuff. Um, one good example there were, I think that kind of shows just like creativity was the chapter who won zeal this year, Indiana Epsilon university of Evansville. They, I think their service partners with chemo buddies is what it's called out there. And I guess they completely revamped their philanthropy and they, in, instead of like a walkathon, it was a hoopathon, and they would just shoot free throws or three pointers or whatever. And they, each one, each shot, I guess, it raised money. That's all I know. But what they did was because of protocols and stuff, because of the pandemic, it forced them to change things up, but they still made it fun. They still made it something that they can, uh, I guess, be proud of. But now, since it went so well, they raised over $5,000. It was the most they ever raised for their philanthropy, at least according to them. And now they have that in their back pocket and can go back to their, the old way that they did it. So they could do two philanthropies in one semester if they really wanted to in two different ways. I think that that's something that maybe not a lot of chapters have and something that they could really build. Or they could, you know, they could do it the old way this fall and then do it the, the other way in the spring if they want to because of the weather being so cold, you know. I, I don't know. Uh, but there, I think you can do, because of the idea that came up, now you can revamp it in a new way to where other people are also involved too. So I think uh, that's like 
even though we're getting away from virtual, you can still utilize some of that stuff even now. So yeah. I think that's a good a good uh, example. Oh, one of my Mississippi groups, there was a, a little local mom and pop restaurant that they like best catfish is what they said. <laughs> and uh, so they would make it a point after every single chapter meeting, even though it was virtually, they would go and they'd pick up to go food from them to try to keep them in business. And so uh, because they came through there, now that restaurant wants to partner with them for like their philanthropy week uh, when the world reopens. Um, and so now it's going to be like a profit sharing event, right? And so, you know, a non-traditional you know, best catfish, right? Normally <laughs> you see like, oh, 10% at Chick-fil-A or 15% from Chipotle or something, right? But they were able to do kind of twofold good in the sense that they're saving a local community business, right? Mm -hmm. And then they're also able to donate the money to, I think for them, it was um, a children's hospital as well. So it's like, it's a two-part, you know, helping your community and helping your larger partner. And I, kudos to them. They're a good group. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Um, well, we've kind of really talked about philanthropy and service. Gage, you mentioned brotherhood and stuff. And I, I kind of want to go back to that as well. You know, and I, for me personally, it's kind of tough as an alum because my chapter is literally in the middle of nowhere in Eastern Illinois. And majority of people who go to Eastern Illinois, a lot of them are either from St. Louis or from Chicago. So it's tough for my chapter to get alumni involved with brotherhood events because no one's going to drive down for, you know, make a four hour drive down uh, for like a regular brotherhood event of like watching a movie or, or something like that. But if you can come up with unique ones, ones that are going to get people really excited about and something that you can all do together that is allowed with Minerva, Minerva Shield, I think that that is something that can really change your chapter because I've always thought that about my chapter. And unfortunately, we have had some some problems keeping alumni engaged, specifically me, myself. I'll just admit it right here. It's been kind of tough. Uh, and even guys who were a part of my my class, you know, a lot of them have fell, have fell out of our chapter because of that kind of stuff. So I'm using it as an example now, I think not only for alumni engagement, but also just within your own chapter, coming up with unique events and stuff is, is very important, I think. Yeah. Uh, one of, one of another one of the groups I worked with, they, I feel like that's what I've said the whole time. Uh, but no, they were able to utilize Zoom uh, and they're planning to use it even post-pandemic um, to bring in guest speakers from alumni, right? Like they might not be able to drive out to their, you know, West Texas town, but, you know, if they, if they can get someone on a Zoom call, put it up on the chapter TV, now someone can come speak to them, right? And it's from the comfort of their own home and, you know, what would have been, you know, three hours there, three hours back for that alumni, now it can be, 10 seconds to push the, the Zoom button, talk for an hour, and then leave, you know? So it, there's there's so many great things that are coming out of the pandemic that we've learned about ourselves and about our chapters. Um, and, I, like, I'm excited to see what everyone does with it this fall. I mean, it's going to be a good year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Seth, speaking of brotherhood events, I know... I, you want to share the story? We actually had a brotherhood event at the Fraternity Service Center here the other night. Um, that's what we're, we're going to classify There's as 33% of the staff. Yeah, 33%, but that's that's out of 15 people. There was like, what, five people who came? Yeah. Like, 
That's pretty good. I'm un- uh, unfortunately I was unable to go, but I wanted to go, and I'm probably going to yeah. try and go to the next one. But I think it was the idea of it was good because, especially like you said earlier, a lot of us never met in person until we worked here for five months. I didn't meet like I didn't know you guys like face to face until I'd been here for three or four months, right. maybe even longer. I, I don't I don't know. Um, I know they start letting us come in a couple of days a week in like March, February, March, but then everyone was coming in by June. So, and I've worked here since December. It's been a wild ride of meeting people. And then obviously a convention got to meet everyone, but yeah, no, I, th- that, the idea of it to just, I guess, create that brotherhood. Cause even though we are adults and we are out of college, like SAE is more than just four years. Yeah. 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 I, it's I the idea behind it was, you know, it's kind of a cheesy saying, but I use it with my department that zeal starts with us, right? If we want our chapters to display zeal and display brotherhood, like it starts with us. And so, um, you know, we were trying to be more intentional about how we spend time with each other outside of the office and, and whatnot. So I was like, all right, well, what do you guys want to do? And it uh, turns out a lot of people here enjoy playing board games. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll host a board game night. You know, we'll do pizza. You know, I'll go get some, some soda and whatnot. And, you know, we'll, we'll do it downstairs in our giant uh, cafeteria. And so uh, the SAE cafeteria here. And so, um, so we did that. And to Gage's point, you know, I did put out like a, a mass message of like, hey, this is here. Anyone's welcome. Uh, we have some fantastic ladies that are on staff as well. We have non-members that are on staff. Uh, but I wanted everyone to know that everyone was welcome, right? Like it wasn't just an SAE-specific Brotherhood event, but it was like a friendship staff event, right? Um, but to Gage's point, you know, I went to every single person's desk. was like, hey, this is happening in two weeks. I'd love for you to be there. Hey, this is happening in two weeks. You know, please join us. Nope, you don't have to bring anything. I'm taking care of it. Like, all I need is your smiling face, right? But that one-on-one uh, invitation, I got more RSVPs than the ones that were just supposed to like the comment that they were coming, right? So yeah, it started off with five, but you know, all things, uh, you know, don't start like Rome wasn't built in a day. It's a perfect <laughs> example. So I, if we get bags out front, the LMT, I will be at the next one. You, you have it here on camera. I'm going to hold you to it. I'm going to go home and build a, a bags bag set. And uh, for all those uh, future fraternity service center staffers out there too, this is, uh, although this is a full-time job and you are working and it's completely different experience than your undergrad years, mm-hmm. uh, this is a place where you can create your own brotherhood in a first job, a second job, uh, wherever. And um, your sixth job, if it's <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, it's it's such a it's such a, a unique and different job in that aspect mm-hmm. where you you're serving the fraternity that you were in at undergrad. So yeah, I, I would say bring your ideas and bring your A game too yep. if you ever think about an opportunity with the fraternity service center. Yeah, we just uh, we just did a nice little ad for for careers on sae.net sae.net slash careers. Um, all right, guys, any, anything else about reviving old chapter traditions? I know we didn't really talk about social events, but I mean, I, a lot, I mean, obviously getting back involved with, you know, just, you know, your chapter in terms of, you know, having those events again, I I feel like is something that I'm sure a lot of people really missed. I, I would say, you know, be responsible 
plan everything, uh, you know, understand the, the rules and policies of your host institution, state and local authorities, Minerva Shield, et cetera, um, and have a safe fall. I mean, you're going to be excited to see each other, but understand that, like, you know, there's a bigger picture to, to it, you know? Um, and the last thing I want to say is, you know, go out and find one person. I challenge anyone who's listening, anyone in your chapter, go out and find just one person. Invite them out to an event. Don't even try to recruit them. Just invite them out, right? And you might get a lifelong friend. You might get a friend for a semester. You might get a brother for life. And so that, that's my challenge to, to the listeners, viewers, both, I guess. Um, but, yeah, that, that's my closing note. All right. Yeah. Gage, anything else? Points for the good of the realm right now, I, I suppose. Uh, Overview, take action. Take action, it's the, <laughs> small, it's the smallest habit, whether it be raising your hand in class, whether it be going up and introducing yourself to somebody new. Take action, see where it goes, and uh, that's, that's how you live a, a healthy and uh, productive life, is just constantly trying new things and taking action. I love it, I love it. I'll say, uh, to go with what Gage said, to, again, not take anything for granted, not just with SAE, but just your entire college experience. Um, when they say it's the best four years of your life, they're not lying. There's, I've been lied to many times, but that is not, that is not a lie. That I, there are times where I wish that, man, college was easier than being an adult. So, and, and that's true. So, uh, yeah, don't, don't take any of it for granted. So, when you come back to campus this fall, uh, really, really dive into just everything that you kind of missed out as, uh, as if you're if you were a freshman last year. Really dive into taking advantage of the last the next three years and and really getting involved on campus, meeting new people, uh, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think that's the show, guys. Yeah. Thank you, Seth, for joining us. Gage, you made it through the first episode. Didn't think you'd do it, but you did it. Congratulations. Um, this is episode two of season three. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Before we get out of here, again, the trivia question that no one got right, which is just a shame. It really is. If you're listening on the podcast app, if it's Apple, Spotify, uh, Anchor, wherever, uh, the question is in the podcast description for this episode. It's not hard to find. You can DM it to me, essentially, because I run our social media accounts on Instagram at Sigma Alpha Epsilon or Twitter at SAE dot or at SAE1856 and then SAE Fraternity on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash SAE Fraternity. Or you can just search Sigma Alpha Epsilon. It's not hard to find, guys. Um, so yeah, it's going to be there. If you're on YouTube right now, it is literally right on in front of front of you, in front of me. Yeah, it, yeah, just always like it's right in front of me, Gage and Seth. So make sure once you find out the answer to uh, DM it to me, and uh, I again I will double down. I will send it to whoever uh, who who sends it because uh, we got a lot of stuff left from convention that we're trying to give away. It's a lot of great stuff. So with that said. Um, again, thank you guys for joining me and, uh, we'll see you guys next time.